Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Oh my God. Hi. How are you? How's it going? Thank you so much for listening to the One Up Project today. This is the second of three kind of money reflection episodes that I will be doing at the start of this year. And this one's going to be focused solely on investing and what I'm changing about my portfolio, things I've learned, etc, etc. I've done a couple of episodes similar-ish to this. Um, One that I'd recommend going and listening to, which I would have done near the beginning of last year, is what I've learned after one year of investing in the share market. So those are all of my learnings. This is more like a reflection of my portfolio. I'm going to be sharing my entire portfolio, like kind of what's in it, how much I have, all those sorts of things and be completely transparent and just sort of go over what I'm going to be changing and why and little learnings I've had along the way. And check out last week's episode if you haven't already, which was money reflections just generally. So that's episode 115. So something I have learnt with investing so far in my little journey is that the average investor, or for the average investor, it's usually better to contribute smaller amounts consistently rather than random lump sums over time, right? So there are a couple reasons for this. The main one being uh, dollar cost averaging. So dollar cost averaging allows you to lower your risk and the potential volatility that your portfolio will face over time by investing a specific amount consistently over the long term. And so how this works is that sometimes you'll buy your shares, you know, while the price is high and other times you'll buy it while the price is low. So over time, you're averaging out your investment rather than having to time the market and try to buy something at a low price so that you can make back that gain kind of thing. Um, And I have absolutely no interest in timing the market, especially because I invest mostly in funds. So it isn't as relevant, like timing the market isn't as relevant as if I was investing in individual companies and I would say that would be the same for the majority of us long-term kind of more beginner investors. This is because when you're investing in an individual share, so say I'm investing in Apple, you're not diversifying your portfolio across a range of different companies or industries. You are just investing in that one stock. So you want to pick it when it's at, I guess, a lower price so you can ensure that it will increase in value. It won't be you know, shared across a diverse range of companies over time that will even out your risk and because all of them are going up and down. It's just like the one share or the one company. A side note that investing small but consistent amounts over time is also one of the reasons why when you kind of learn more about investing, especially for beginners, there's a lot of chat about fees because we're investing, you know, lots of little amounts over time which means we're going to get charged fees on every transaction so we want to make sure that we're paying the lowest amount of fees possible so that our portfolio can be worth the most um, by the end of it. Okay so looking at my investing history over the last year I was investing every week and I have been doing this consistently for about two years now and so I'm going to break down exactly what my portfolio looks like and what I want to change about it. A quick note before I get into that is that I know some of you 
won't be able to help it, but your subconscious may start to compare your journey to mine, right? Like I want to break that thought pattern now and say that I have the capacity to invest a lot more potentially than someone else my age because one, I live at home and pay rent that's half the average of Auckland's normal rent, although I am looking to move out very soon. So if you know someone looking for a flatmate in central Auckland, hit me up. And two, I have no dependence or responsibilities really at all that mean my money would go anywhere else but myself for the majority of the time. I mean, in saying that, you might have dependence and live out of home and have invested twice as much as me. So everyone's situation is going to look completely different. Uh, The time they've been investing, what they invest into, how they prioritize their money is going to look different and so on. And you never ever know what is actually happening in someone's life generally, but also, you know, their financial situation. So the important thing is to focus on achieving the max of what you can and be satisfied that you personally for your situation, are optimizing that as much as possible. Uh, In saying that, I definitely would not say that I have been optimizing my personal situation as much as possible in the last year. And that's why I'm doing this episode because I'm keen to change that, especially with the low buy year that I will be doing this, that I am doing this year. And I'm going to be releasing an episode on that very soon. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, So yeah, just keep that in mind that everyone's financial journey is going to look completely different. And I even feel a little bit nervous doing this episode and being this transparent with everyone because I'm happy to, you know, share things, but this is like a full look, um, which is, opens me up to what I feel like could be judgment and stuff. Although that's definitely just a reflection of my own fear of being vulnerable and that's what I want to change for myself personally this year so I'm I'm excited as much as I am fearful but I know that this will really help you guys as well get sort of an idea uh, so starting with why I invest was really important and this comes back to what I spoke about in the previous episode which is an extension of having financial freedom essentially so for me and for investing specifically that's financial freedom over the long term and potentially creating a passive income for myself in years to come. So a passive income is essentially a source of income that you don't have to do much to earn or maintain or to keep. So with investing for example you can earn a passive income through the dividends on your investment which means that you're essentially getting paid from money that you already have which is invested into that fund or company. And a dividend is just a sum of money that is paid by the company to the shareholders of that company from their profits. Understanding why I am investing is really important to keep motivation around it. Understanding why you do anything is really important to keep motivation around it. Sometimes seeing an increase in value in your portfolio isn't enough to, you know, make you think that you should keep going or sometimes even the stress of watching it go down is making you think why you're doing this or am I doing it right Um, and having the basics down is what I try to focus on and so there's a few small rules and points that I keep in mind generally when it comes to my investing portfolio to help me well one get that focus but also make me feel confident in the way that I'm investing so the first one is that I need to be able to justify whatever it is I'm investing in I don't care if I'm investing in the latest NFT or crypto or something that everyone's against or something that everyone loves and it's going with the crowd or it's going against the crowd I don't care what it is but I need to personally be able to justify that that is the right investment choice for me and that is simply so that I can 
I can know that I'm in total control of my money and my investing portfolio and I know that it's right for me and I didn't just take the advice of someone and then suddenly you know that's gone to shit and I've lost all my money and I have someone to now dislike because of it or resent or whatever I don't want to have to ever feel like that I want to be in total control of my own situation and even if I'm learning off other people that's fine you know learning off other people taking their advice but you have to be the one that's like that makes sense to me and so that's therefore why I'm going to do it because it makes sense for me for my financial situation you know obviously there's always boundaries to this you want to make sure that even though if it's you can justify it's for a solid reason um but I found that you know since doing that it just means that I feel a lot more empowered in my situation and when someone asks me about it I feel more confident too because I can actually tell them why I'm investing in something or you know whatever it is so the next thing is to keep fees as low as possible and diversification high I really think that diversification is one of the first things that people should learn about when they learn about investing because once you understand diversification and why it's important you then understand what you should invest in a lot more and you're able to like understand why people invest in funds over individual shares and what the importance is is of having your risk diversified across a range of different industries companies and countries um, and how that should be done and why that's important Uh, and how much diversification you need for your personal risk profile. I feel like it just makes so much more sense. And I've explained diversification a couple of times, but I'm going to do it here again just for anyone who needs a reminder. All it means is that when it comes to investing, is that you're investing in a wide range of different types of companies in different industries in different countries. This way, your risk is spread across so many different investments that if one industry isn't doing so well you know the chances are that the other industries that you have money in are doing fine and so then your risk is kind of lowered in that sense as well and diversification doesn't just have to be in investing in the share market it can also be investing in general so if you're if you're looking at your entire investing portfolio across you know everything you could have two properties and then a big Um, investing portfolio in the share market and then have some crypto and then have invest in a business or something like that you know that's kind of diversification across investments as a as a whole but there's also diversification within just your investing portfolio in the share market which I think is really important to understand and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later as well because I wanted to adjust the diversification of my portfolio. So, and keep fees as low as possible was the other thing I said there. Just as I mentioned before, that's why keeping fees as, as low as possible is really important because we are investing lots of little amounts over the long term and we don't want you know 25% of that to be going to fees, which is unlikely anyway. But you just want to make sure that not a big chunk of that money is is going away to fees and lowering your overall portfolio value. And the third thing is contributing as much as realistically possible. I The only sort of cash savings I have are my emergency and travel funds and the rest is all invested. So whether that's KiwiSaver or just my investing portfolio, all my like main savings are in investments, nothing in cash. I only have the things in cash that I need in the short term, like an emergency fund. You obviously need that money as soon as the emergency happens uh, and travel, you know, fingers crossed, that's semi short term ish. So I like to keep those three things in mind generally when I'm investing and then I can feel confident in my portfolio. You know, if I'm investing 
the consistent regular amounts that I put in, I'm following all of these in air quotes rules for myself. Uh, then I feel so much more empowered in my financial situation because I understand where my money is going. I know where it sits. I know what's happening to it. And I can be confident that it's growing for my personal goals. So moving on to what I'm actually wanting to change about my investing portfolio. The first thing is that I want to up my investing contribution. With the low buy year that I'm doing right now, I have the capacity to increase this and I know that it will benefit me. I say that with the intention to move out, knowing that that's going to absolutely ruin this. I did a like basic budget of what my money situation would look like if I moved out. And I, <laughs> with all the savings that I want to do and to contribute as much as I am now, I would be left with $30 a week, which, you know, yeah, is probably kind of unrealistic. That's, that's like for myself takeaway at the end of each week is $30 besides everything else. So yeah, might need to rethink that. But that's the benefit of understanding your own personal situations. Obviously, you can adjust for what suits you. And if I have to bring it down as a result of that, then that's fine too. Pros and cons, etc. Um, but for right now, I will be investing, uh, upping my investing contribution. When I first started investing, I contributed $5 full stop. Then I started contributing a lump sum. Or I contributed a lump sum of a few hundred dollars. Then all of my savings which was just under 10k at the time. I had I had just over 10,000 I think in savings, but I spent probably a good 3 grand of it on the one up project's first year just buying equipment and testing things out, etc. So I just put the rest into my investing portfolio at one time. And there's a lot of chat also about whether you if you have a lump sum, should you put it all in at once or should you do it over time? And that again is going to be personal preference, but I didn't even have the education then, so I just put it all in at one time. And then I started contributing $50 a week really consistently. And now I've upped that, I wide up that again, but to right now I'm wanting to contribute $250 a fortnight, which will be a lot to some people and nothing to others. It's what suits me on top of all of the other places my money goes. So to up my contribution and actually action that, I have just added the extra amount as an auto auto payment to my sharesies um, because I contribute to both sharesies and hatch and I've set up an auto invest to the fund that I'm investing in so how it works on investing platforms is that you set up an automatic payment from your bank account to your investing wallet on the platform of your choice and then an auto invest from the platform to the investment of your choice so it's two auto payments um, and yeah like I said I use two platforms both hatch and sharesies I've chosen to make it somewhat complicated for myself by doing that. I think as a beginner, you know, it's fine to just have one and there's more than Chessies and Hatch out there as well, obviously. So my portfolio is currently worth just under 14000 and I want to have contributed at least 6k more so that I know my portfolio will most likely be worth over 20000 by the end of the year. Um, my portfolio return currently sits at around 23%. It is a bit lower uh, since I last wrote all this out but I am hoping to keep that around there and I also say that I'm able to keep it at that because Tesla is always well it's usually looking pretty good I don't think it's looking too good right now actually but it usually is looking pretty good Tesla is the only individual company that I invest in and I think you know obviously if I invested in more individual companies and took the time to try and buy in the dips and the the highs that maybe I would have more and saying that it is really hard to beat the market especially as a beginner and that's why we say it's it's well that's why a majority of people who talk about beginner investors or beginner investing um, say that it's important to 
invest in funds as opposed to individual companies. But there's two reasons that I personally uh, focus on funds and, and don't do that. The first one is that I have no interest in keeping my eye on the market to figure out what will do well, what isn't, what's happening within the market, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I just feel I'm too lazy for that and I would rather prioritize my time elsewhere personally. And then number two is that I would rather have slow and consistent, I don't want to use the word guaranteed, but semi-guaranteed returns. Like I know that there's a slow and there's a consistent increase in value and I can kind of rely on that and keep a sort of conservative approach in that sense as well. I've also wanted to have a look at my portfolio and make sure I was well diversified. I always talk about diversification and how important that is but I hardly tend to review it within my own portfolio. As I've spoken about before it's really important and there's a range of resources that talk about diversification um, and the importance of it. I have the most basic how to start investing episode that I personally think is well worth the listen for any beginner. It's episode 113. I talk about the um, benefits and the like what diversification is within that. And I think that it's a really good one to listen to even a couple of times just to wrap your head around it. So yeah, I want to make sure I'm quite well diversified so that I'm not keeping all of my eggs in one basket. And I do want to explain that analogy to give you a further understanding of diversification. So when people say they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket, that is because if that one basket was to drop, and look, I know some people are going to understand this analogy, but I also think it, it helps to just actually say it out loud. If you have all of your eggs in one basket and someone drops that basket, all the eggs are going to crack. If you had spread those eggs across a different range of baskets, one of them would have dropped, the other ones would have been fine, and you still would have had some of those eggs left. Yes, you would have lost some, but you still would have had some left as well. So that's why we don't want to have all of our eggs in one basket. We don't want to have all of our investments in one industry, because if that industry plummets, then that sucks for us. Uh, So we want to have them in all sorts of different ones. Then there's a lot of questions about what is being well diversified. And to me, I... I want to be quite well diversified. Some people won't be as conservative as this. Some people will be. Uh, so to me, being diversified means that my portfolio, my portfolio should be spread across three to five countries, 10 to 15 sectors, and 250 to 500 companies. That's based off a few Google searches, bit of experience from doing this podcast for a couple of years, and also um, a couple of good webinars from Colonel Wealth, who I really appreciate because they actually provide an answer to this and it seems like a lot of companies and places don't want to provide a concrete answer to this question which I can understand why Um, so because it probably is quite personal as well so to do this to make sure I've done this I've just written out how much or how many of each I was currently invested in so how many industries I'm um, how many different industries I'm invested in uh, how many different companies and how many different countries which doesn't take long if you're invested in funds because usually it sums them all up anyway um, so that makes it really easy so what I found through doing that was I was currently invested in two countries 15 sectors and 550 countries so for me it was really just about investing in another country that I needed to change but Adding another fund meant that the companies I invested in also increased um, and the sectors, so it added an extra layer of diversification which I could never be mad about anyway. So I've set up all of my auto invest now into my review portfolio and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes. This didn't take me long at all, probably took me half an hour 
to go over and I think if you just review things like how much fees are costing you uh, how diversified your portfolio is and what you're contributing you can often you know have a really good reflection on if the portfolio or the way that you're investing is suiting you and the more you know about it the more empowered you feel about your situation the more confident you feel to tell people about it and it makes you just feel a lot more in control of what's going on which I think is honestly probably one of the most important things when it comes to money is you feeling in control of your own situation that you understand where everything's going and what's happening to it. I invest for the long term so I most likely won't be using this for a property. I want to dedicate my KiwiSaver to that, which brings me to my next point of discussion, which is my KiwiSaver, that I'm going to make no changes to. I love the fund and the provider I am with. I'm being charged probably the lowest fees across all, if not at least the majority of funds within New Zealand. It's grown so significantly since I switched from my bank and I have no intentions of taking the funds out within the next three to five years, which for me justifies staying within a growth fund. Um, and my contribution rate sits at 10% still, which I'm also super happy with. And I'm kind of used to, now you, people often talk about how they don't want to up their KiwiSaver contribution because it takes away from your personal pay, which is true. And this is definitely a personal preference if you want to use that money to invest in funds that you can take out at any time, because obviously with KiwiSaver, you don't have the flexibility to take that money out whenever you want. So that's up to you. But I'm kind of used to to at this point having 10% taken out of my paycheck which is really good so I don't miss it necessarily. I truly encourage all of you to get yourself into the right fund this year for KiwiSaver and if you're an Aussie you know your superannuation or retirement schemes for other places in the world getting those organized and making sure you understand what's happening with your money it's just so important and at least for New Zealand and when it comes to KiwiSaver a very easy thing to do. I have at least four different episodes on how you can do this and how you can analyze and assess your own KiwiSaver. Um, but an easy way to do this, a couple of resources that I talk about quite a lot are one, the Sorted Fund Finder, which I use to just rank all the funds in New Zealand from high, uh, from lowest to highest fees. Or there's bettersaver.co.nz and you can take their free quiz that will give you a fund that suits your situation. Disclaimer, they've sponsored me in the past, um, but this isn't sponsored. I just feel like it's a really accessible way to get an answer uh, that's personalized as well. So yeah, these are the goals for my investing portfolio and they will all be achieved because it's simply just a matter of setting up the automatic payments and letting it run. So unless anything interrupts that, uh, I should be good to go. And my intentions are just to keep consistent in those habits and continue to contribute as much as possible where I can. Thank you so much for listening. Like If you've reached this point and you're listening to my voice right now, I just want you to know that I appreciate you to my core to have you listening to this uh, it is beyond special. So thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there. Just a quick disclaimer that The One Up Project is an educational platform that provides information that is general in nature. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information within this resource at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any decisions based on the information in this resource. I'm not a financial advisor and if you require expert advice, then please seek advice from a professional.